Welcome to Revival from the Bible, a daily devotional podcast designed to help more people get into God's Word and get more out of the Word. I'm Ben Blakey. It's Thursday, February 17th, 2022. As a pastor, I love learning about spiritual leaders. I enjoy reading biographies, especially of pastors and missionaries who have made an impact for Christ in this world. And I think all of us listening would see we need strong spiritual leaders. Hopefully, we're all thankful for people that have been spiritual leaders in our lives, spiritual leaders that have influenced us with their preaching or their writing or their missionary work. Um, And I think we would all say, you know, right now, looking at the world, we need some strong spiritual leaders to rise up. Uh, we, We need to see more of that. And that's where, in all shapes and sizes, Um, Every church needs just strong spiritual uh, leaders within kind of a broader culture. We need strong spiritual leaders in homes. We need strong spiritual leaders. What will that look like? Well, oftentimes in, you know, looking at blogs or podcasts or biographies, we miss some of the amazing examples of leadership that God has given us in the Bible. And one of the greatest examples of leadership that we see is that of Moses. And I think we see something crucial that we need to capture in our own hearts if we're going to see the kind of spiritual leaders rise up that we need in the homes and workplaces and churches in our day and age. And so we're going to see that in our Old Testament reading today in Exodus 33 through 35. And we're going to see some very powerful things just in the really in the heart of Moses um, that are things that leaders today so desperately need. Now, let's remember, this is all happening in the wake of our last reading, the golden calf, right? Where Moses is up on the mountain, the people grow impatient, they make this idol, they kind of blend worship of this idol with the worship of Yahweh. Moses comes back. God even says, Moses, I'm going to wipe them out and start over with you. Moses pleads with God um, not to do that, God relents, uh, right? But that, that's where we're picking this all up in chapter 33. And basically, God says, all right, get out of here. Leave Mount Sinai. I'm going to send an angel who's going to go ahead and, and drive all the bad guys out of the promised land. I'm going to give you the promised land. It's going to be great. It's a land flowing with milk and honey. But then in verse 3, he says, but... I will not go up among you, lest I consume you on the way, for you are a stiff-necked people. So God says, go, and I will give you the promised land, but he says, I am not going with you. Now we see Moses coming to intercede for the people. And it even tells us about this tent of meeting where Moses would go out and meet with God. And now as he intercedes with God, look at what he says in verse 12. Moses said to the Lord, see, you say to me, bring up this people, but you have not let me know whom you will send with me. Yet you have said, I know you by name and you have found favor in my sight. Now, therefore, if I have found favor in your sight, please show me now your ways that I may know you in order to find favor in your sight. Consider, too, that this nation is your people. And God said, my presence will go with you, and I will give you rest. 
So Moses is pleading with God, and we're going to see him say, please show me a couple times. And first he says, please show me now your ways that I may know you. Right? That is his desire. And then later, uh, in verse 17, the Lord says to Moses, this very thing that you have spoken, I will do, for you have found favor in my sight, and I know you by name. And Moses said, please show me your glory. And he said, I will make all my goodness pass before you and proclaim before you my name, the Lord. And I will be gracious to whom I will be gracious and I will show mercy on whom I will show mercy. But he said, you cannot see my face for man shall not see me and live. And we see he's going to put Moses in a rock and pass before him. And we see that even in chapter 34, the Lord passes before him in verse 6 and says, The Lord, the Lord, a God merciful and gracious, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love and faithfulness, keeping steadfast love for thousands, forgiving iniquity and transgression and sin, but who will by no means clear the guilty, visiting the iniquity of the fathers on their children and the children's children to the third and fourth generation. And Moses then bows his head and worships. So we see Moses there say a couple key things. But let's just step back and think about the situation. God promises, in a way, to bless the people of Israel. He promises to put them in a good circumstance. He's going to send his angel before them. He's going to give them the promised land, a land flowing with milk and honey. But that is not enough for Moses. He wants more. And what does he want? He wants God. He says, please show me your ways that I may know you. He says, please show me your glory. And he would go out to this tent of meeting to meet with God. Good circumstances were not enough for Moses without God at the center of it, without knowing God, without knowing his ways, without knowing him, without seeing his glory. These were important things. And so as you consider our need for spiritual leadership. And as we even think each one of you, whether it's some way in your home or some sphere of influence with other people, whatever God has given to you, what would spiritual leadership look like? Well, let's think about it. How many people today, if God said, you know what, I'm going to give you a nice life, a good home, a stable um, you know, situation for you and for your family, I uh, would say, Great. That's awesome. Thanks, God. How many would really wrestle with God and say, no, God, show me your ways. I need to know you. If you aren't going to be at the center of all of that, it's not good enough. I mean, how many churches, how many church leaders would settle? Oh, you know what? You'll, you'll get a nice, uh, stable congregation, a stable budget. You, you know, you'll be doing all right in ministry. And uh, I'll give you that. How many pastors and leaders in churches would say, hey, that sounds great, but wouldn't press on to say, nope, but God, what I want more than anything is to know you. I want to know your ways. I want to see your glory. God, I need to be meeting with you. I need people to see who you are. We need leaders that are infatuated with God, 
That is one of the greatest needs we have in our society, in our churches, in our homes, in so many small circles all around the world. We need leaders who are infatuated with God. We need people who can't stand the thought of life without God, knowing Him, knowing His ways, and knowing His glory. So my question to you is, are you one of those people? Are you infatuated with God? Is the thought of life without meeting with God, without knowing Him, just a thought you can't even stand to imagine or think about? Even if you know it meant earthly peace and comfort, you would say, no, I would trade all of that to know God. Are you one of those people? And even just think of what we're doing with reading through the Bible. Is this just a a spiritual activity to you? Is this just something that helps make your life a little more grounded? Or is this a place where you come to meet with God, to learn His ways, uh, to know Him, and to see as we read His Word, His glory? These are things that are so desperately needed, and I think this is really one of the most amazing passages that we're reading today in all of Scripture. And especially when we see this example of Moses and we see, man, this is the kind of leadership that we need today. Who is going to step up to be those leaders? And it's not going to start with just all the things that you go go do. It's going to be people that are entranced with God, people that are amazed at him and people who want nothing more than to know him and know his glory. We need more of that. And our New Testament reading now will help us understand why we need more of that. In the New Testament today, we're looking at Matthew 10, verse 24 through chapter 11, verse 1, Mark 6, 12 and 13, and Luke 9, 6. So you can tell not much said in Mark or Luke, but really Matthew is giving us the extended, you know, the bigger view, the more in-depth view of what Jesus is saying to his disciples here, and you get a sense why we're going to need strong spiritual leaders, because life in this world until Christ comes again is going to be difficult. I mean, look at what Jesus says in verse 34 of Matthew chapter 10. Do not think that I have come to bring peace to the earth. I have not come to bring peace, but a sword. For I have come to set a man against his father and a daughter against her mother and a daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law, and a person's enemies will be those of his own household. Right, that there is going to be trouble, and we need to take up our cross and follow him. And also, before that, he gives us thought, just one of the fear of God that we should have. Don't fear those who can kill the body but cannot kill the soul. Rather, fear him who can destroy both soul and body in hell. But also, not just the fear of the Lord, but the care of the Lord, that he cares for his people, uh, all the hairs of the our head are numbered or of more value than a sparrow and sparrows, you know, not one of them falls to the ground without our father knowing. So we can trust God and that will enable us to endure, to do what God wants us to do, even in the midst of a hostile world. But I would say another thing we really need to see along with that is we need to be people who are in love with God, who are passionate about his glory, who, again, that's the idea really of the fear of the Lord, that we see him over and above anything else, right? And our desire is to know him, to know his ways, and to see his glory. 
that's the kind of leadership we need. And I pray as we read this in God's word, God would transform all of us to be those kind of people. And as we see more and more of those kind of people, we would see a real revival from the Bible. Thanks for digging into God's Word with me today on Revival from the Bible. For more resources, check out RevivalFromTheBible.com. To learn more about Compass Bible Church Treasure Valley, go to CompassBible.tv. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you.